You know, I believe the people that accomplish the most in life are those who learn to organize and spend time wisely. Time is a very precious commodity, wouldn't you say? You know, in fact, really, time is a gift. You know, you know, a couple of years ago, we did the sermon series, One Month to Live. You remember that? And we talked about what would you do if you knew you had one month to live? How would you change your life? And, you know, the whole thesis of that sermon series was to like, hey, look at your life and look at what you're doing and make sure that you utilize it and you spend it wisely. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Ephesians 5.15 Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Now, I want, you to, I want to emphasize those words on verse 16, making the most of your time. You know, time, we all have limited time on this earth. We have limited time that God will allow us to make a difference in how we use it, how we spend it, how we, how we capitalize on it is up to us. It's not up to anybody else, right? And it's precious. You know, I heard somebody say that, you know, whenever they begin to think about time and they begin to think about, okay, I'm, I'm 50 years old. And if I live to be 75, how many more Saturdays is that? And they begin to just take, they, they went and bought a bunch of marbles to, to, uh, one for every Saturday that they believed they would have left on the earth. And every Saturday they would take a marble out of that jar and say, that's one less Saturday I got left. That's one last Saturday that I have a chance to make a difference. And it helped them to look at time, look at your life in a way that brings gravity to it. Wise people are careful how they, how they walk. They make the most of their time. How many of you would agree that it's, it's wise to make the most of your time? To live an effective life, you gotta take advantage. You gotta make the most of the time that God has given you. You know, time is our most precious commodity. It really is more precious than money. You can get more money, but you can't get more time. And how many of you know yesterday is gone forever? You'll never get another chance for yesterday. It's gone forever. Never able to be able to live that day again. But you know, you can get and earn more money, but you can't earn more time. If, you, if you're wasting time, you're essentially wasting your life. And so we can't afford to waste our time. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? You know, somebody said the dividing line between success and failure can often be expressed in five words. I did not have time. I did not have time. You know, I heard it said like this. Life, life is like a coin that you get to spend any way you want, but you only get to spend it once. Life is like a coin that you get to spin any way you want. But once you spin it, it's gone. And so if you want to live a more productive and effective life, we need to make better use of our time. Can I hear an amen? So how do you make a better use of your time? Let me give you a couple of suggestions. Number one, determine your priorities. Determine your priorities. What is a priority? It's what you value most and spend your life doing. It's what is the, the, the thrust of your life, the heartbeat of your life. 
And so a priority can be your job. It can be your hobby. It can be a relationship. It can be making more money. It can be uh, getting an education. It can be anything like that. But how many of you know that your priorities will drive your life? Your priorities will control your life. Your priority will cause your schedule to fall in line. How many of you know that? A priority is, uh, is real important. Jesus encouraged priorities. In, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. So Jesus said in, in, the, new, in the New American Standard, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. In the, in the CEV says, more than anything else, put God's work first. What Jesus is encouraging us is to make a priority of seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. He said, listen, in the priorities of your life, make sure that at the top of the list is the priority of seeking God and his kingdom. Why? Jesus said, know what's important. In, in 33a, he said, but more than anything else, Put God's work first. How many of you know there are important things and there are not so important things? Amen. And he says, do what's important. In verse 33b, he said, and do what he wants. How many of you believe that it's important that we do what God wants? And then he says, and receive additional blessings. In in, uh, 33c, he says, then all the other things will be yours as well. When you live a life of priority, you reap great benefits. Amen. The more priority you live your life, the more on purpose you live your life, the more uh, the more that you live your life with focus, the better your life is going to be. You know, listen, everybody gets a life. Some people's life are better than others, not because they got better chances or opportunities, simply because they're living it with priority. If you live your life with priority, your life will be richer for it. Amen. You know, the time to change your priorities is not when you're laying on the deathbed. The time to change your priorities is now. Amen. Why you have chance. And so you can easily waste your life by spending your time on the wrong priorities. You can waste your life. You know, Jesus told this story about this rich man that wasted his life by focusing on the wrong things. You know, he was majoring on the minors instead of majoring on the majors. And he tells this story in Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Then he told them this story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my borns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. Verse 19. And I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? That's a sobering thought right there. Verse 21, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. Wow. Now, verse 21, he says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. What is he talking about? He said, listen, wise men spend their time on right priorities, but foolish men 
spend their life on wrong priorities. And whenever they get to the end of their life, they're going to regret how they spent their coin. Can I ask you a question? What are your priorities in life? What's important to you? What are you investing your time in? Day by day. You know, it would be a good, it would be a good exercise to log the way that we spend our time in one week. And just log how you spent your mornings, how you spent your afternoons, how you spent your evenings. Log and see where you're spending the bulk of your time. Wise people spend their time doing things in order of importance. And if we're going to be if we're going to be effective in our life, we have to spend our time doing what's important, investing in what's important. You heard that story, you know, talking about the Super Bowl. This guy was sitting, he was at the Super Bowl. And there was a lady sitting next to him and she had an empty seat. And they, every seat in the whole Superdome is filled. It's the Super Bowl. And he's thinking, man, that empty seat right there is probably worth six grand. And so he just looked at that empty seat, first half, you know, first quarter, second, half time. He couldn't stand it any longer. He said, ma'am, can I ask you a question? Do you know why that seat is empty right there? She said, yeah. See, my husband and I have been having tickets for the Super Bowl for many, many years. And, and he, he didn't make it. She's like, well, if he couldn't make it, why didn't you invite another family member so that seat wouldn't be wasted? She said, well, they're all at the funeral. The Super Bowl was a priority in her life. How many of you would agree that's a wrong priority right there? They had a 10-second delay. It took you a little while to get that one. Hey, so can I just encourage you some suggestions on priorities? Four priorities worth investing my time on. Number one, my relationship with God. How many of you would agree? Jesus said in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Listen, nothing will better your life. Nothing. And I don't know if you heard me, but I'm going to say it again. Nothing. Nothing is more important in your life than your relationship with God. Not anything can compare to the difference that your relationship with God can make in your life. It has to be number one. Why did Jesus say, seek first the kingdom of God? Because anything else that you will seek before him can be ripped out from under you. But your relationship with God can never be ripped out from under you. Listen, anything else in life will come and go. But your relationship with God will never go. Even when you die, it will bear great benefits in your life. Amen. So you need to make a priority of your relationship with God. If you agree with that, say amen. Number two, how about our personal health? You know, we should pay careful attention to our mental health, our our emotional health, our physical health. How many of you would agree? You can only serve God as far as your body can take you. Amen. You know, listen what 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Hey, it's not ours, it's God's if you're a Christian. And we should take care of it, right? Why? 
Because you can only enjoy life to the degree that your health will allow you to. You know, listen, you can have, you can have a boatload of money where you can't even spend it in your lifetime. But if you've got a boatload of money, but you don't have health, you're not going to be able to enjoy your money. Can I hear an amen? So how many of you would agree it's important that we concern ourselves about our health? That's a priority. You know, Jesus said in the commandments, he said, you know, love God with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. You got to take care of yourself. It's like, hey, we only got one shell. We can't go trade it in for a newer model. Amen. This is it. And whenever it's gone, it's gone. Whenever it's broke, it's broke. Until we get a healing from God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you know what? Listen, really, seriously. You know, we say, man, pray for me. My health is failing. But are we taking care of our body? You know, it's just like, come on. You know, you can't, you know, listen, if you got a car and you don't change the oil and you don't want to do any maintenance, don't bind the devil up because your car is falling apart. Come on, are y'all with me? Does this make sense? I think I need to go on right now. Priority number three, my family. How many of you would agree your family is important? First Timothy 5.8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, Jesus said, listen, you shouldn't even go, you know, tithing your, 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 your herb garden and all that and then neglect even your own family. You've got to take care of your family. No one laying on their deathbed ever regretted investing precious time in their family. No, just the opposite. Everybody laying on their deathbed, one thing that they will not regret is that they invested precious time in their family. It has to be a priority, brothers and sisters. Amen? Number four. Your work for God. How many of you would agree that it's important that we invest our time in the work of God? Let me remind you what verse Matthew 6, 33. But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. When you make a priority of God's kingdom, he said, you know what? I'm going to reward you personally. Why, why do we want to make a priority? Listen, if we invest all our time trying to please our employer and neglect God, we're messing up royally. Because our employer is very limited in how they can help us. God is very unlimited in how he can help us. Amen? And you want to be more concerned about whether you're pleasing him than your employer. Amen? Now, do your job as unto the Lord but make sure you please him. Amen. So let's review. Number one, I will make better use of my time by number one, determining my priorities. What's your priority? What's your priority? What's most important? You see, here's what I know. If we don't decide what's important, life will decide for us and it won't be in the right order. Amen. Here's something else I know. If I don't think about this and make a, a conscious attempt to make priorities in my life, my flesh will make the wrong priorities for me. Amen. 
So number one, to make better use of my time, I need to determine my priorities. Number two, I need to plan my schedule around my priorities. You know, it's easy to say, man, I believe God is most important. Okay. How much time are you investing there, ma'am? It's easy to say my family is a priority, okay? How much time are you spending there, sir? Boy, that's quiet. I can hear pages. I can. But really, isn't that true, brothers and sisters? Help me preach this morning. But you know what I found? Just because I see it's a priority doesn't mean it's going to be a priority, right? So I need to plan and schedule. I plan my schedule around my priorities. What's my schedule? It's a plan of how I'm going to spend my time. That's what a schedule is. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. So what I've determined is the way I'm going to spend my day today is X, Y, and Z. So I need to plan how I'm going to spend my time around what I think is a priority. Does this make sense? I'm trying to make it as simple as I can because that's the only way I understand. It's got to be simple. But you know, it's like, Let me give you for an example. If I say that God is a priority in my life, but I spend an entire week and give God absolutely no time, there's something wrong with my priorities and my schedule. There's something wrong with what I'm saying is important and what I'm doing. Come on, are y'all with me? There's a breakdown somewhere. So my schedule, my time has to be spent or what I say is important, or otherwise, I'm giving lip service. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to make most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. To make most of my time, I need to spend my time around what's important to me. If I waste my time, I waste my life. See, this is why this is so important. You know, listen, where are we going to be a year from now can be, t- you can determine where you're going to be in a year from now, how you're spending your time. If you're wasting your time, if you're just, just throwing it away, if you're just, you know, somebody, you ever heard this? I came over to kill some time. And while I kill mine, I'm going to kill yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. So next time, next time somebody wants to kill your time, say, No. Kill your own, man. So every day I need to spend time investing in what I consider my priorities. I'm chuckling at my own little joke there. So every day I need to spend my time investing in what I consider my priorities. Then I will spending my life wisely. Amen. Jesus, how many of you would you agree Jesus scheduled his time for his priorities? I just did a quick thing, you know, just a. did he do this? Jesus scheduled time for his relationship with God. Notice this verse, Mark 135. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Listen, I found out anything I'm going to get up very early in the morning for is a priority. Because it has to be important for me to get out of bed for it. Right? But Jesus, the Bible said very often, he would slip away to pray. What was he doing? Jesus was the son of God. 
Yet he was prioritizing his spiritual walk. I mean, this guy could raise the dead, but yet he was getting up early to go spend time with God. He had, he made a priority of his relationship to God. He scheduled time for his personal health. Notice this verse, Mark 6, 31. Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. You see, listen, you know what he was doing? He was practicing the Sabbath. He said, look, ministry has been hot and heavy. We need to go get some rest. And we hadn't been eating properly because we've been so busy. Let's get away from this crowd and let's go take care of ourselves. He practiced taking care of himself. He was the son of God. Amen. Jesus scheduled time to care for his family. Remember on the cross, whenever he was on the cross, John 19, 25, standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophus and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciples took her into his home. Now, listen, Jesus is in the most difficult time of his life. He's on the cross. But he didn't forget about his family. While he's hanging on the cross, he sees his mama there and he said, John, my paraphrase, man, I'm not going to be here to take care of mom. Would you take care of her for me? That's basically what he was doing. You know, I was thinking about this. The very first miracle that Jesus did was for his mom. His mama said, we ran out of wine. Okay, I'll take care of that. And he did a miracle turning water into wine for his mama. Why? Because he took care of his family. Jesus scheduled time to do the father's work. In John 6, 38, he says, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. How much clearer can that be? I didn't come here to do my own thing. I came here to do my father's thing. Jesus scheduled his entire life around his priorities. He made made time to do what he felt was most important. And Jesus had a powerful life. Amen? I tell you, if you want to have a dynamic life, if you want to have a powerful life, a strong life, make priorities and schedule your priorities. Put time into your schedule. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 6, more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. The other things will be yours as well. We got to know what's important and we got to do what's important. We got to know what's important. We got to do what's important. In other words, we got to know what's important and we have to spend our time doing what's important. And then we will receive the blessings that God will shower on us for living our life on purpose. Amen. And when you live a life of priority, you spend your time investing on the things that matter most. You will go to another level of living and you will not regret the way that you lived your life whenever you come to the end. Amen. And that's what we want to do. We want to make the adjustments now because once you're laying on your deathbed, it's too late then to make the adjustments. But we can make the adjustments now and we can make a big difference. Amen. Number three. I make better use of my time by determining my priorities, planning and scheduling uh, my time around my priorities. And number three, eliminating 
time killers and wasters. You know, deciding what not to do in life is as important as deciding what to do in life. You know, how many of you would agree there's some things that you can invest your life in that really don't matter? Isn't that true? You can just spend precious life time on stuff that just really doesn't matter. And so deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do. The question is not, will my calendar be full? Will my life be full? The question is, who and what will fill my calendar? You know, how many of you got, man, you're bored. You have nothing to do. You got, man, you just got all this time to waste. Most people don't. Most people's calendars are full. And so the beauty is that we get a chance to decide what's going to be on our calendar. You know, listen. It's not a question of will my life be full. It's a question of what's going to fill my life. And if I keep my priorities on my calendar, let my priorities fill my calendar, I'm going to spend a good life. It's not just good enough to say I'm busy. The question is, what am I busy doing? You know, everybody's busy. How you doing, man? Busy. Busy doing what? Busy. I'm busy being busy, man. Come on. You know, quit asking me all these questions. But listen to this verse. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We need to strip off every weight or sin That is wasting our time. Everything that's causing us to not live a life of priority. If it's causing my priorities to be out of whack, I need to cut it out of my life. Until I get my priorities right. Are y'all following me? Are you still tracking with me? And so what is wasting precious time in your life? What is keeping you from accomplishing your priorities? Is it television? Is it phone? Is it video games? You know, what is it? You know, every one of us has, we have different personalities. We have different weaknesses. We have different temperaments. And for all of us, it's probably something different. But it's just very natural for us to just waste time on things that just don't matter. And so we have to, you know, that's why I say it would be good to log how you spend a whole week and see how you spend that week. You know, they say the average person spends no less than four hours watching television. In fact, they're saying that employees are wasting at least a third of their day with technology for personal reasons. It's wasting time. It's wasting productivity. And so the right of Hebrews is saying, man, if there's something in your life that's tripping you up, that's causing you to not be productive, not to accomplish what it's in your heart to accomplish, get it out of your life. Cut it off. Amen? We must eliminate time wasters if we want to reach our full potential. Amen? 
I remember reading something, you know, how many of you heard of Chuck Swindoll? Let me see your hands. Chuck Swindoll is this prolific writer. He wrote, I don't know how many books. They said, Chuck, how in the world do you write all these books? He said, I steal an hour every day. You steal an hour every day. I thought everybody's got that same 24-hour clock. How do you steal an hour? He said, I get up earlier than everybody else where nobody's going to bother me and I write books. Wow, that's convicting. So listen, John 17, 4, Jesus said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Man, that's powerful. Jesus said, I've accomplished the work which you've given me to do. Wouldn't that be a great, a great uh, epitaph on our tombstone to say he accomplished everything God wanted him to do. He fulfilled God's purpose and then he died. Wouldn't that be great to do that? That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus fulfilled and accomplished all that the Lord wanted him to do. Listen, God has given us purpose. He wants us to do something. He wants us to accomplish something with our life. He called us into the kingdom to make a difference, to be light and salt. Amen. But we'll never accomplish God's purpose if we waste our time. If we let things steal our time. So we got to deal with it. How did Jesus do that? How did he accomplish what God, he stayed focused and he disciplined his life to do what was important. Remember at 12 years of age, his parents lost him. They were caravanning and they said, where's Jesus? Anybody saw Jesus? Nobody saw Jesus. Hey, they went from the front end of the line to the back of the, anybody saw Jesus? I don't know, where's Jesus? They're looking for Jesus. Finally, they found him. In Luke 2, 49, and he said to them, and they said, Jesus, they rebuked him. Where have you been? You know, scolding him. And he says in verse 49, and he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? At 12 years of age, Jesus lived a, fo- a focused life. How does somebody, how does somebody go to the Olympics? A very focused and disciplined life. How does people maintain their health? A very focused and disciplined life. How does people stay in right relationship with God? A very focused and disciplined life. How do people keep their priorities? A very focused and disciplined life. When something comes between them and their priorities, they cut it out of their life and say, I'm not allowing this to keep me from what I want to do with my life. I'm going to live my life on purpose. Amen. Amen. That's how he accomplished it. Very focused and disciplined. Listen to this verse, 2 Timothy 2, 4 and 5. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. No no soldier entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so he can please the one that enlisted him. You know, whenever soldiers sign up, Whenever they put on that uniform, man, they don't even dress in civilian clothes. They dress in uniform. They maintain this very disciplined life. Why? Because they want to please the the U.S. Army. They want to please the Marines. They want to be a faithful soldier in the military that they're serving in. My goodness, we are serving in the army of the living God. How much more should we untangle ourselves from the affairs of this world to make sure that we please the one that enlisted us. His name is Jesus Christ who died for us. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me today? 
If we want to do God's will and please Him, we'll have to stay free from the entanglements of this world. Wise people are careful how they live their life, making most of their time, being careful. What's taking up my time? How am I spending my time? If I'm spending it on the wrong things, I need a change. See, none of this that we're talking about will make a difference without change. We have to change. We don't like to change. We like to do what we want to do. But if we want to live a life that'll be impactful, that'll make a difference, you can... You can approach life like a shotgun and just scatter BBs and time everywhere. Or you can focus it in like a rifle, pinpoint the accuracy of where you want to go. And your life will make a greater impact. You have grandchildren that will rise up and call you blessed when you live a focused life. Amen. You'll have peace in your heart where otherwise you won't have when you rise up and live a focused life. Amen. When you lay on your deathbed, you won't have, you won't be filled with regrets. You'll be glad that you did your life the way you did it. Amen. Let me remind you of Ephesians 5, 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. If we want to live an effective life, we must make the most of our time. Question is, How am I spending my time? How am I using the precious marbles that represent every day of my life? By the end of today, I can take another marble out of the jar of the days that represents my life. And you know, the thing about it is I don't know how many, (laughs) you know, you know, you could base it upon if you live, but who knows? The whole jaw might come crashing down this afternoon and the marbles are just spilled out everywhere, right? So we're not guaranteed how many days we got left. But you know what? I know this. It would be better for us to consider that and make adjustments in our life right now in case we do have another 25, 30, 40, 50 years to go. Amen. And when we get to the end, we could be excited. We can be excited and whenever we breathe our last and we drop down on the ground with no more life in us and our spirit goes up to meet the Lord in the air and he checks the book, be great if our name's on the book. It'd be great if we've been spending our time wisely doing our priorities and he say, well done. Well done, Tony, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great to live your life in a way where you don't have to shrink back at the, at, at the presence of God, but you can be excited about it. Amen? Amen. Tweaking your life, recalibrating your life. Part of the way that you live your life in a meaningful way is to organize and spend your time wisely. Amen? Would you stand with me? And let's close in prayer. Now, preaching this sermon... <laughs> It's convicting. How many of you, you know, there's very few people that live their life so focused that they don't have to make adjustments. Very few people. Most of us. 
It's kind of like just when we think we got it lined up, the line changes. Right? So I would be, I would be, you know, I think it would be safe to say that every one of us in this room could make some adjustments in how we're spending our life. How many of you willing to do that? Come on, ask yourself the question. Ask yourself the question this morning. Am I spending my life right? Am I, am I spending my life on priorities? Am I going to be happy at the end of my life the way that I'm spending my life? Father God, I just ask right now that, God, you would just release your grace over us today. God, it's, it's a whole lot easier to preach this sermon than to live it. And I pray that you would just help me as you help each and every one of us here today. Lord, to just be able to organize and to spend our time, to schedule our time, spending our days, our weeks, our months, spending this year in a way that when we get to the end of the year, we'll be glad that we made the adjustments. Father God, I pray your grace over this place right now. Thank you, Father God, for just helping us in our spirits, in our hearts to realign priorities, things of importance, Lord. God, help us even now, Lord, to shift our, our, our important things around, Lord, in our life right now. God, let us not, Lord, let us not fall to the tyranny of the urgent. Let us not, Lord, allow the world to dictate to us how we're going to live our life. But help us today, Lord, by the Spirit of God, to live our life in an orderly way that will ultimately bring glory and honor to your name, Father God. And listen, while your heads are bowed, I told that story about that man in the Bible who had done well. He was a great businessman. He, he did well financially. He had money in the bank. He had to build bigger barns. But you know what the problem was? When he came to the end of his life, the Bible says that the one thing that was missing was that he, he, was, uh, he had earthly wealth, but he didn't have a rich relationship with God. I don't know who you are today, but maybe you've never given your life to Christ. You've never started the journey of Christianity. Don't spend your life trying to make money and, and end up like this man. And, and whenever your soul is required of you before God, you will find yourself, you will find yourself poor spiritually. If you hear today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. I don't want to just play. I don't want to give lip service to God. I want this thing to be real. I want to live for him. I want my life to count. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray a special prayer for you today because this is your day to get it right right now, to put that number one in the number one spot. Just raise your hand and let me see it so I can pray for you. Just keep it high so I can see. I see your hand. Anybody else? I, hold it up. I want to see it. I want to pray for you. Listen, those of you that have your hands raised right now, I want you to just pray this prayer. Say, let's all pray together, gang. Lord Jesus, thank you for keeping priority in your life and putting us as important by dying for us, shedding your blood for us. Thank you, Jesus for dying for me so my sins could be forgiven and I could live an abundant life. Lord Jesus, I thank you 
And I praise you for giving me the opportunity to serve you. Help me, Lord. Empower me, Lord, to live the Christian life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen.